The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Hot tag to hell you! Hello everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Hot Tag with Kevin Hellions. Presented by the Renan. Presented by the House Show. Presented by the Retro Network. Speaking of the Retro Network. Celebrating two years strong. Starting yet another year here. I thought it'd be a good time to look at the origins of the Retro Network and talk to someone that I've gone back a while with, actually. I, I think one of our our big interactions was me um, muscling my way onto his site many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to get into uh, a sort of a blogging history, a, a geek history, and then the origins of the Retro Network, which I might have an interesting perspective on here as well. So my guest today on this edition of the Hot Tag is co-creator of the Retro Network, Jason Gross. Hey, Kevin. How are What's you? Up? I am doing well. I think we're both a little tired, but I think that's life right now. <laughs> yeah, not as tired as some, but still chugging along. True. true. I did pass out on the couch the other night. <laughs> I, I have this, like mid-evening nap that i take that's about anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes like when we're watching a show i'll just i'm gone on the couch and then my, my son or my wife will yell over to me hey wake up you're missing the best part you know? <laughs> and then i'm up and then i'm up for another three hours or whatever you know Do, does it happen around the same time like not exactly but give or take around the same time uh i think so i mean it's it happens no matter what time. It's just whenever I get on the couch and I start watching something, it's not. It doesn't take me very long, and I'm out for 15 or 30 minutes, and then I'm just I'm good to go again. I just needed that little cat nap. Mine always hits me around seven. You know, six thirty, seven thirty, but around seven. And you're right. It's 15, 20 minutes, half hour at most, and then I'm good until maybe midnight or so. <laughs> right, yeah. But I, I need that little bit or I'm done. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I think mine's a little bit later, usually 8, 8.30. But then I'm usually up till, yeah, 11 or 12. Yeah, but if I if it's a random day where you don't get that nap because you were out, you know, busy with something else or whatever, I'm crashing at 9 for the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right there with you, man. <laughs> All right, so, Jason, you and I have known each other for a while. I believe going back to the, I mentioned it many times on, on these interviews, but I believe going all the way back to the league and <clears throat> when a lot of us discovered other podcasts. Yes. And podcasts yeah. and blogs, of course, with the rediscover the eighties blog and your podcast as well. Um, I don't know if he, if he listens when it's not your show and you're just a guest, but hi, Wyatt. <laughs> He does occasionally when he gets time. He's much more busier than I am these days. And and I think that's a thing, too. Like a lot of us, uh, me obviously as well, we have friends that want to do some of this stuff, but they don't have the same – I don't want to say passion because it's certainly not – I've, I've heard why on many things with you. He's very mm -hmm. good. But it's just like – you brought him in there that wasn't his thing to start with. So he's never going to have, he's never going to come at it from the same angle you do. 
Maddie and Educator enjoyed doing the show with me, but I brought them into this retro blogging podcasting world, you know, so they're not going to come at it the same way I do. True, true. Yeah, he came on early with Rediscover the 80s. We essentially co-created our other um, venture, which was agentsofmask.com, our our mask fan site and all that. That's a whole different bunny trail as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, we're both so nostalgic and, you know, known each other since fourth grade type stuff. And he just entered family at a later point in life than I did. So my kids are grown. He's got uh, one on the way and four at the house. Oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> so he's got five under the age of, I think, eight or nine. There's nope. twins in there. So nope. he is he is so busy. And it, it does stink sometimes when uh, I want to jump on, do a podcast. We've got stuff planned, laid out. And some of that's on me, too, because I've got so many things that I jump around to. It's not even funny. Um, I, I envy people like our friend uh, Dean Lamar Revenger, who just sits back and takes it all in online. You know, <laughs> he yeah. doesn't have any agenda, any website, anything. And there's a few people like that. Uh, Will West, I would kind of include in there. He's got his own blog, but he's mainly been guests on show. No, you know, podcasts of his own. So I envy people like that because I jump in with both feet and I'm here you know, and I get idea. Oh, let me let me jump over here. Let me try this. And I don't know what the end game ever is. It's just <laughs> let me start something. I always want to be creating. So, well, for us, I, I think a lot of times it's the shiny new toys more interesting. I certainly have, you know, I have a ton of articles to write and I have blogs to listen to and I have blogs to produce. I have like all this stuff and I, I'm set up right here in my little temporary office area and I have piles of these are the books and comics and stuff I need to go through. And But mm -hmm. sure enough, I'm going to come up with an idea probably sometime in the next week and want to do that first because it's the shiny new idea. <laughs> right, yeah. That's terrible way to work with it. I, I wonder if I have a, a touch of ADHD or something, some, some lack of focus for it. And, and the crazy thing is I'll feel better when I get a job done. You know, this thing that's been sitting here waiting for months for me to finish. I feel great when it's done and checked off the list, but that doesn't mean I'm getting to it any sooner though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. I've got a pile of stuff I wanted to review on YouTube and, uh, just, I don't know, it, it ebbs and flows your motivation and you kind of tap into whatever motivation you have at the minute and go with it. And, you know, lately I've been posting some articles and stuff back on the retro network, which I haven't done in a while because I'm mainly, you know, trying to do everything behind the scenes and get the podcast uh, posted up on the website as well. And, and that'll run out at some point and I'll be... <laughs> doing more articles for rediscover the eighties or something else, you know? Yeah. And I, I certainly have things myself where I'm thinking, Oh, I would love to do this extra thing as well. You know, uh, write this one. But then in the meantime, so they're like, I haven't gotten the other stuff done that I already committed to or agreed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say, speaking of, of things taking up my time and you mentioned your agents of mask work for the, classic 80s cartoon 
I don't think you realize how much time you've caused me to waste <laughs> because somewhere, and I don't want to accept that maybe I donated them through Mount Garage Sale. I don't want to accept that. I want to believe that somewhere in my mom's house are still my mask toys <laughs> because when I was like the, the 80s toys were quote done. You know, the cartoons were off the air. We weren't getting many more. Um, I had already dropped out of comics because girls were pretty and came back into it. Uh-huh. Thanks to, you know, like Wizard and Toy Fair and stuff like that. My local hills had a ton of mask toys and they were all clearance. Dude, I bought my Boulder Hill on clearance at Hills. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I do remember that. I mean... I didn't have many as a kid. I had all the small ones, the motorcycles. Yep. And I got the uh, the Hurricane, uh, the blue 57 Chevy for my birthday one year. That's what essentially started it all. And I remember being in Hills. Hills was a good 45 minutes away from our house. So it was always just a, a, a trip to go to Hills. You know, it was a special trip. And I remember being in there. Finding, I think there was like two of them left, finding Boulder Hill and essentially begging my mom, I, I will be your slave for whatever extended period of time if you'll buy this for me. And she did. I don't remember what I ended up doing to, you know, earn that. But uh, for the longest time, yeah, I had my bed was uh, just a twin bed and it had drawers on the on the long side. But there was a space underneath my bed where I could store stuff. For the longest time, it was under there, all assembled, <laughs> and I could like slip down oh, beside yeah. my bed and like play under my bed. Uh, so th that's what I remember. That was probably, oh gosh, yeah, right around 89, 90, somewhere around in there. Yeah, like a, a few years before the cartoon, or uh, like the cartoon was done. Oh yeah, Toyland yeah, was... for the most part was done, but the hills had them from yeah, God knows where. Dust, man. Oh gosh. I want to go back in time. <laughs> oh, I know. So, uh, like, uh, it worries me that I probably did end up getting rid of them at some point and forgot. But I'm still hoping it's in some random box in the attic yeah. I haven't found. At least some um, of the small ones, maybe, you know, tucked away in a box or, or something that didn't get with all the, the main ones or, you know, things like that. Yeah. And, and thankfully, well, not thankfully, because um, <laughs> I know the price of it. But I saw Boulder Hill assembled for the first time in my life when we did that Rochester trip um, oh, yeah? a few weeks ago. The first toy store that we went to had one. And I was just staring at it. <laughs> I, like, became I, a, I became a mask dealer on eBay for about two years. Uh, once I start, started to, uh, I'm going to go ahead and try to collect what I can. And it become like buying in lots off of eBay, trying to assemble complete sets, just loose. I'm, I'm not a box collector by any means. I just wanted the sets to play with and share with my boys at the time. And I just kept buying in lots and selling what I had doubles back once I got like the figure and the mask and then all of the completed vehicle. And for like two years, it went on like that. I essentially paid for my entire collection doing that on eBay, buying in lots and then pushing stuff back to sell. And uh, I got to the point where I was about 80%. I had the first three waves complete. I still have those. The last one, which was the split seconds, I ended up just selling most of that back this year. 
uh, to uh, just a fellow fan on one of the group sites. Uh, and I was like, I, th- these aren't, they're never made to a cartoon that the, the show was canceled by then. So they really have no meaning to me. Uh, it's the other ones I remember that I continue to watch episodes, you know, and I, I want to keep those. So I, I've got those at some point, but they're, yeah, it, it sucks being in this house. I need to get out of this house cause I got so much to display so much. I want to let breathe, you know, I, I got so much stored in cabinets and those totes and stuff. I'm like, wow, this just sucks. I need to have them out. So every once in a while, the boys would come to me like, Daddy, can you get out those that box of cars when we play? And I was like, as long as you're gentle with them, yes, you can yeah. play. <laughs> but th- and that was the thing too. I didn't want to. I didn't want to buy. I'm not a box collector, so I I will have stuff that I'll leave in the box if I know that it's not something I want to essentially share or or anything like that. Um. But for the most part, I want them out. I want to be able to touch them and remember and share them with uh, my kids, you know. And for me, it depends on what it is. Like, I enjoy when we go up to my mom's, some of my old toys are there. Declan will grab them and bring them downstairs and just, you know, have a battle. And they're the special toys that are at grandma's house. He doesn't even want to bring them home. (laughs) But they're also not ones I'm worried about at all either. I'm like, these have already been played with and banged up. And, right, you know, yeah. I'm missing the accessories and the weapons and stuff. Like, have at it. Have fun. If there was anything that I was worried about, I don't know. I think it would depend on how worried I was about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, I found a um, Christopher Reeve Superman Mego figure at a mm-hmm. yard sale for, like, two bucks within the last <laughs> five years or so I went nuts. It's not in a hundred percent shape, but I said, forget it. The fact they even found this. And so the first time home, like Declan's taking it and running around and banging it into everything. And all, I'm like, I can't, I just can't. <laughs> no, we don't need a decapitation. <laughs> yep. I was like, I, I will never find this for $2 again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No I doubt, just no can't doubt. do that. <laughs> But all right, we can we can hear how much you enjoy, you know, the, uh, your the mask toys, mm-hmm. child of the eighties and all here. So, were these things that you enjoyed as a kid? Like what what were you into as a kid? Pre blogging, pre podcasting, all that stuff. Just you know, regular kid. Was it always mask? Was it the other things? Was it you know, did you go through your your comic and baseball card phase too, like all the, <laughs> most of us did? Now, I I always had a hodgepodge of everything. I never was a completist by any means. Still not really, except for mask. That one, you know, section of years, uh, about you know, I don't know, maybe ten years ago when I put all that together. But uh, yeah, I was all over the place. My toy box was just a. Uh, all variety of things of the time, uh, He-Man, GI Joe, uh, a few Transformers, but mainly GoBots. Uh, I, I went, I went uh, for quantity over quality. We'll put it that <laughs> way. A um, couple of things I still have left over from my childhood. I have my diecast Voltron that I got. I think Christmas of '84, '85. Um, missing one of the lion heads on the arm, but oh. and I know it's around here somewhere. 
because it's traveled with me over the years. I over on uh, our Patreon site, I posted a picture of my college dorm room, and it was sitting on my desk. I forgot I like taken it to college, and it has traveled me wherever I go, and I keep it out on display. But that's one thing that I've always kind of kept close. The other one is my Sky Striker from GI Joe that I got Christmas of whatever '83 maybe, and it's in. Uh, pretty rough shape all the stickers are it hasn't yellowed yet but all the stickers are pretty much trash and magically i still have the figure and his helmet which just is so loose to come off (laughs) that i don't know how it stayed on all these years um those are two pieces that i treasure the most we'll say but yeah i i never had a comic book phase growing up and it's weird. I don't remember having a, a particular co- uh, comic shop in town. It probably would have been whatever at my local Kmart or Ames or uh, department store that I would have found comics. But I never really had that phase, although I watched a heck of a lot of the Batman 66 show. Uh, that in this, this Christopher Reeve Superman movies were my introduction pretty much into superheroes and Wonder Woman, I'll say. Um but never never really got into a comic books until like i don't know maybe 7 or 8 years ago and it was just kind of on a whim i think i found some or i i don't know who was the one that that triggered it cuz i i went ahead and bought the mask comic books there was very it was a very short run series i think four issues in one and maybe nine in another yeah it was and then was it dc Yes, it was DC. And then uh, I got on this bunny trail on G.I. Joe. And G.I. Joe comics have been what I've been trying to collect, the Marvel ones, through that first uh, 100 and I think it was 155 issues maybe. Uh, I just checked my comic book realm and I'm over 100 now. So I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm getting there. And this is all kind of mainly in the wild. I will go online and, and get comics from like Midtown Comics uh, when they're doing, uh, you know, a certain percentage off their back issues. If they've got any G.I. Joe that I need, I'll get from them. And I, I've got some other ones, too. But my comic book fandom really didn't come till eight or nine years ago. And it was all just uh, mainly 80 short run stuff. If there was a, a movie adaptation I love movie adaptations for some reason. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I can. There's three issues and you're done, you know, or uh, easy, easily collected. Some of the more obscure, you know, 80s cartoons that got comics that um, maybe didn't have a, a long run in animation. I've got some of those too, but um, yeah, I I don't know. If it hits me enough, I like reading it, then I'll collect it. And, uh, and some are just kind of, well, this, this is not well known, like, um, I don't know, robotics or, uh, what was the one I got recently? Um, the Starriers or something like that. They had like three comics, you know, in their history and I find them and they're like a dollar piece or whatever. Yeah, let's get them. And, uh, so my long, I got two long boxes. One is all GI Joe. Uh, over the years, uh, not just the Marvel, but some other ones too, M- mainly the Larry Hama written ones. And then the other ones are just a mishmash of whatever from the eighties. I got new kids on the block comics. I got kid and <laughs> I got kid and play comics that I've found, you know, 
stuff like that even in the 90s uh yeah i don't know it's just my my if i see it in a a, a discount bin and it's cool i think it's cool then i'm picking it up you know well and i mean that might like that makes sense as a way to go because we know so many people treat comics as a you're either all into it or nothing which is ridiculous it's yeah. a genre it's a way of telling a story if you wanted to buy Stephen King books, that doesn't mean you need to buy everything in the horror section, you, you <laughs> right, know, yeah. or even that means you need to buy all books. You know, but that's the way some people put it. And, and I admit I'm to blame, you know, <laughs> I'm part of that as well, <laughs> but you're right. Like the star comics that Marvel put out that most I of those star were comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sectars, visionaries, all these ones that, are seen as like quote failed brands, but they still have a, you know, passionate fan base for it. What kills me is I just saw the first issue of Thundercats is a $150 book right now. Yeah. Um, it's really Thundercats has gone up. I've got several of those. I don't think I have number one, but um, that was a pretty long series too. I want to say maybe 20 or 30 issues long for them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, for what it was back in the day. But yeah, the, the Star Comics brand, I love. All of those, I'm I'm over the moon for. I, but, I can't find the Masters of the Universe ones, though. That's what kills me. I only got like two issues, and I can never find those anywhere. No, if I see them, I grab them. But I, I've only found like four, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one I'll just grab right away. Um, and thankfully, I have an app now to keep track of all of it, too. <laughs> so I'm not, right, yeah. you know, buying doubles and triples of things. Yeah, and that's I got in early on collecting with the comic book realm since it was free. And it's an awesome resource. And you can just I, I'll be in the comic book store. And if I see some G.I. Joe's, I'm, I'll just pull it up and I can see if I got them or not. You know, it's it's in such an easy way to collect. I do that with the uh, discogs too, to keep track of my vinyl because <laughs> that quite hasn't gotten out of hand, but I'm pretty particular with what I uh, want on vinyl. And um, I, I, again, we're not getting any younger. So having apps like this makes it a lot easier to remember what you have. Well, I have, I don't have the same comic app. But I have a similar one. And I'm over 3,000 comics, too. So I absolutely need this app <laughs> to keep yeah, track of yeah. things. Um, and, and the Discog, when did the vinyl start? Because I got to tell you, like, Elise is scared that that's going to be my next thing. <laughs> um, gosh, I'm trying to think. It's probably been about a decade ago that that started. And that wasn't really... Uh, something that it just kind of hit me one day and you know back in the early 90s when um bmg and columbia house hit you know where you could get 12 cds for a penny and then you got joined up with their club you know and then you got one like a month for whatever it was 45 dollars uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was such a scam um anyway I did that, and I stocked up on all the greatest hits albums of the time. Oh, that's not a bad way to go. So, like, Tom Petty and Fleetwood Mac, Don Henley, uh, Holland Oates, Huey Lewis, um, 
those are a few just off the top of my head that I remember uh, snagging their greatest hits albums. But, you know, this is, I'm 13, 14 years old, maybe a little bit older when that hit. Um, uh, that just ruined me for the, the full album or the album tracks. Because I grew up on Top 40 music, listening to Casey Kasem every weekend, you know, and just the pop stations. And back then, there were more what I would call pop stations or more variety on those stations when you're playing just the Top 40. So I was glued into all that. My mom bought 45 singles. So she, didn't, she wasn't buying albums. So, you know, fast forward when I started my vinyl collection, I'm like, I need to find some of these full albums with two or three songs that I know and just explore them. And if I can find them for like $5 or less in thrift stores, or uh, we've got one record store here compared to like buying a digital album or something like that, what, what it costs, I'm going to go for it and, and just uh, start collecting some vinyl. I found a, an awesome stereo at a yard sale, two streets over that's got a, a dual tape deck and a turntable on top. And uh, I this has been my, my thing every once in a while. I'll just – let me go for vinyl today. And I've gotten to the point where now the most things that I have actually are book and record sets. <laughs> just, really? Uh, within the last year or so. Because I remember having some as a kid. I'm like, oh, these are awesome. And my daughter's about the age to where – I need to get some and, and share some of these. We can go through the books so we can pop in the record or the tape and, and go through some of those old sets. I probably have about easily 50 to 75 now that I've uh, accumulated in different ways. Uh, I, I'm a big fan now of the Shop Goodwill site. Uh, if you can find something that's there's a lot, uh, uh, you know, like a lot um it, it's really worth trying to snag some stuff over there. But so that's where my vinyl collection, it kind of took a turn. I'm always looking for the casingles. You know, everybody knows me as the casingle guy. Uh, so I'll look out for them. But now, I, yeah, I just got into the kid and the, the, the kids book and record sets. So uh, that's that's my weird collection now. I've got several albums. The only thing I've ever waited in line for that I'm pretty proud of that I have is the glow-in-the-dark vinyl uh, Ghostbusters single that came out <laughs> uh, maybe seven or eight years ago on Record Store Day. That was the first time and the only time that I've like waited in line at Record Store Day. And they only had two of those, and I was lucky enough to snag one. Oh, jeez. Uh, so I have that that I, uh, that I treasure. But other than that, it's just cheap albums that, Aren't, doesn't look like somebody uh, ice skated on, you know, <laughs> that I could find at the thrift store and just find those old albums and the album tracks that I've never listened to before. It's like new music, you know? Well, and you, especially you sharing like the book and record one with your kids, there's, I, I'm growing more and more concerned in my old age of this stuff just going away. Yeah. Like, you're not going to discover it on YouTube, you know, the way that we discovered stuff because, you know, you're stuck at, you know, grandma's house with five channels. So you're going to watch what's on those channels. You know, yeah. you're stuck listening to someone else's 
station and the radio. Um, one of my favorite things I found when I was just like, okay, I'm where were we? We were camping, I think. And I was like, I don't have TV. I don't have books. There's not a store nearby. I'm like, let me go through the radio, I guess, and hope there's something on here. And our local NPR at night plays nothing but old radio shows. Awesome. So I was discovering, you know, all of the the mystery and the crime and the comedy ones. And I was like, this is amazing. This is so good. <laughs> yeah. But if I had a tablet or a phone there, I wouldn't have re- discovered that stuff because I wouldn't yeah. have been looking. It was the era. I mean, it was just the dawn of VHS and beta, you know, and having home video. So you didn't have access to Star Wars, but by like um viewmaster reels or like book and record sets to experience the movie again so now that you've got moving pictures instead of just you know a storybook or something you know kids don't understand even my oldest sons don't understand why we had this stuff back in the day it's because it wasn't so accessible and there is something there i mean the performances some of them are better than others on these book and record sets, but it's still uh, almost like a different person is telling the story. You know, they don't always get like Mark Hamill to <laughs> play right. Luke Skywalker's part in a 16 page book and record set. So uh, I enjoy that in, in listening, being a radio guy, uh, listening to the performances of the people that are reading these off too is, is entertaining to me. Oh God! You're making me want to go thrift shopping today, and I can't. I got too much I have to do today. I really can't. Plus, where I've am got, I going to put it right now? I, I've gotten to the point. I got my wife hooked more than I am, which is pretty amazing. Oh. But our two local, within like you know five miles, Goodwills. I know where to go now. So like 95 percent of the store is Ill, irrelevant to me. <laughs> yep. There's only like two areas where I go now to see if they have any new stuff, uh, which kind of sucks. But we've had to travel a little bit outside of our area to go to some new antique malls and thrift shops and see what else is out there. Um, it's gotten to that point. So <laughs> I, I just found one in a town like a half hour away I didn't know about. So I'm trying to figure out how to go there. But, of course, the whole house is torn up right now. So I'm like, I can't even sneak anything into the house right now because I don't have <laughs> a place to put it. And then I'm on a I'm, I'm in discussions. Uh, someone was getting rid of all of their kids uh, comics. And I don't know what time frame we're looking at here. So I'm I'm in discussions right now. <laughs> I'm hoping this leads somewhere. <laughs> I'm graciously taking it all. I'm taking the burden off their hands. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how. Get it goes. rid of this junk sitting collecting dust in a corner somewhere. Just, I've got plenty of room, and I'll yep. take good care of it. Yep, yep. I'm waiting. Hopefully next week I know more. <laughs> but <laughs> so all all of this collecting and all, I'm sure you went through the usual stuff like most of us do. Of you know, I'm into girls, or uh, you know, I got a car, or I'm in college, and you get rid of stuff like that but then what was the bug when did you sit down and say you know i think i have something to say and it's worth buying a dot com for (laughs) um well I, i don't know if i've ever had that period of i've totally given up my toys 
in my collecting. Because um, I remember a, a couple of awakenings in college where me and my roommate just went to Walmart and literally dug through a Hot Wheels bin just because we're like, let's <laughs> buy some Hot Wheels. You know, so we we always had that, or at least I always had that in the back of my mind. It wasn't until, um, well, I started Rediscover the 80s in 2011, and yeah, that was, so um, I, we got married in 2000. I didn't do a lot of collecting after we got married, and it wasn't really until then when I discovered podcasts and I discovered blogs that uh, I kind of did that 180 to where, oh, I can... Uh, I can do some fun stuff online uh, past whatever I had at that point. Maybe I had Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I don't know when that hit. I think that was like late 2000s. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to – I it just hit me a lot thanks to Underscoop Fire, those guys. Uh, I found their podcast, and that led to, I think, Cold Slither Podcast, and – that just kind of snowballed, and I when I first discovered podcasts, like people talking about stuff that I hadn't thought of in years. And then uh, I I asked to be a staff writer at Underscoop Fire. I said I can do some music stuff for you, so I was the Eric of uh, Underscoop Fire for a while, and then uh, I think it was 2013 when I when I did the first rediscover the eighties podcast. Uh, but that point it was just, let me blog, let me share some memories that I have. Uh, mainly I wasn't worried about how many followers or how many hits I was getting. It was just, let me, let me share some memories and stuff. I remember as a kid, I had found some pictures too, at that point that I had taken with one of my old cameras at Christmas time and shared and, uh, then writing, I don't know, I can't remember what all I was writing music-wise. There was a like my favorite instrumental hits of the 80s, and it was mainly 80s stuff. Oh, I did a series called The 80s Court, where I, I essentially was uh, the judge between the lead singer that had left the band and what was left of the band now. Jeez. <laughs> what a... Uh, who I thought was it justified that the lead singer left? That, that was a whole series that might still be out on the web somewhere, on Underscoop Fire. Anyway, uh, that was fun, and I, I, you know, I went to school to be in radio broadcasting, and circumstances. I, I had a job lined up. I did a, I worked for part time for a station back home in Clearfield, Pennsylvania, and then I left for college. I did an internship there. I had a news person, essentially, job lined up, and then I met this girl, and we, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, she had a full-time job, and we decided to stay here in the South, so that job went the way of the dodo, which was actually a good thing, because that radio station is now a parking lot, and has been for over a decade, so it all worked out in the end, but I always had that bug to get back into radio somehow. And I, I think that's what kind of pushed me into starting to podcast, gosh, a decade ago now. Um, and I don't know. It was just real innocent at the time. And then once you get that that bug, and I know you know this, when once you start blogging, once you start podcasting, 
that bug is never going to go away. I don't, you know, circumstances may happen with the family or whatever that takes you away for a time, but I'm always going to want to jump on the air and talk about something old or, or, or write about something that I found this week in some old newspaper from 30 years ago. You know, it's, that's just me. I, I've got, I've always had that motivation and I always will. It's just a matter of <laughs> when do I get it to put it down? And luckily enough that, uh, you know, enough people have commented and followed, encouraged me along the way to, you know, keep this going now for 10 years. So that's part, that's a little part of <laughs> the backstory. Well, you're right though, because you get that bug and it's, I don't know how many people are going to read this. I don't know how many people are going to care, but. I care enough about it. I find it interesting. So that means someone else in the world probably does. And I feel collectively a lot of the stuff that we've all done, because like you're saying, you, you listen to, you know, under scoop fire and that got you going. Um, I was trying to find someone, you know, like there must be someone else out here that's doing things. And I found cool and collected first, which then led to league and led to, you know, under scoop and cold slither and, you know, discovering will all sorts of other things like that. But if they didn't have their, you know, little, and I, I'm saying that sarcastically, you know, article site podcast thinking who's going to read this, then I wouldn't have discovered it. And I wouldn't have been able to do the stuff I've been able to do. So, you know, having something that you feel needs to be said and put down doesn't mean you're changing the world, but it could, lead to, you know we can have a butterfly effect out from it of, of yeah. good things happening here and again um, the league was part of that too where i was in a lull and when i discovered that and saw other people were joining up with that i was like, oh well let me jump on board this so there's been different motivations along the years nothing against the retro network uh even you know even my site uh those are just essentially outlets for me to to do what I want to do and get this stuff out of me and not somewhere out there for somebody else to discover. Uh, and, and that's been the, the tough thing, trying to not let the numbers dictate the content. You know what I mean? So you're not looking at stats of, well, only 10 people read this story about mask, but 22 people read the story about GI Joe. Let me do this whole series on GI Joe. No, I don't want it. I don't want the numbers to dictate what I want to create. I just want to create and whatever numbers take off. Great. And whatever people I can reach. Great. My motivation is just trying to beef those numbers up is to find new people to, to what we're doing. You know, um, it's not necessarily to, well, I, of course I'd love to do this full time as my full time job, but that I've come to the point now where I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just want to get what we do, what everybody does uh, on the retro network out there and discovered to people who want it. And that's been the challenge. I think the most, and probably for every other blogger that's gone through the years, you get through that slump and you're like, well, nobody's, nobody's reading this anymore. I, I might as well just quit. And now I'm trying to find those people I found one recently that that joined up. I'm I'm hoping he'll start uh, 
uh, doing some articles for the Retro Network that quit a, a blog about G.I. Joe several years ago and still has that bug somewhere down in there that, well, maybe I can write a story or write an article once once a month or whatever. And now I've got an outlet. I've got a support group to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. <laughs> it's why we created the Retro Network. But um, that's that's what the people I want to reach now, that there's still people doing this out there and, and care about and are interested in what you have to say, you know? Well, I'm, I'm going to go back and then go forward here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, if we were doing stuff to just get hits, it would be completely different content. When I first started the team Hellions one, I was posting like, here's this WWE girl in a bikini, you know, and here's five <laughs> pictures of it. And so, you know, like sharing stuff like that. And it got thousands upon thousands of hits. And I was using it to draw attention to the site for the other things that I was mm-hmm. working on. Um, and then my wife one day was like, what do you want to be known for? Like, do you want to be the site that posts pictures of cute girls? Or do you want your writing to be what's known? I'm like, I want my writing to be what's right. known. Like, that's exactly. what I'm doing it for. She's like, then why are you posting this other stuff? Just for the hits. She's like, I can go. If someone's just looking for pictures of, you know, a pretty girl, there's literally millions of sites on the Internet they can do that on. Mm hmm. You're the only one that has your voice. I'm like, ah, damn it. That's a good that's point. That's what I hate. I hate about Instagram. I, I'm not. They're going to say you hate about wives making good <laughs> points. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I really hate about Instagram is, yes, I can throw an image up there of whatever, an old McDonald's that is not mine, that is, that will get, you know, 10 times the likes that I will if I post a, a picture of my old library card that I still have. Uh, and I, well, man, I can get uh, a bunch of followers that way on Instagram. I don't know, man. I, I, I like the more personal posts on Instagram and I'm not worried about, well, I got to get to that 10,000 mark so I can, <laughs> I would like to get to the 10,000 mark yeah. so I can add links to all the stuff that I do. Um, but there's still a point where I get to that point where I want to do something like that. And I don't want eye candy. I want something that is meaningful to me. Maybe, maybe there is something that's not well known, like a newspaper ad that I found that is new to a lot of people that I will post on Instagram, but I like the more personal stuff and, and people that post more personal stuff to follow versus just trying to get followers and throw up some eye candy piece like you're talking about, you know? Well, and there's more passion in an article or in a video of something you, you and retro network together. There's numerous YouTube videos showing off stuff. Mm -hmm. That's better than just an Instagram picture. Um, there was a blogger I like, and he was in league. I don't know how many people remember, uh, Reese O'Brien was in the league and he had, uh, Hey, look at my toys. I think he, he had like five different names for his stuff mm-hmm. over the years. Um, but he would do a video or an article. It's just like, here's this cool thing and here's why I like it. And here's what looks cool on it. And check this out and check this out. Oh, it was so cool. And then he just, well, he works for Funko right now. So he kind of <laughs> gets, <laughs> he has his outlet elsewhere and, and kudos to him. And he's on like the documentaries and stuff. But he has his Instagram page 
and I'm like, that's cool. You're still finding stuff. And I'm like, oh, what a good book call. That's really cool. You know, I should look for those books too, but I'm not feeling anything like I did before. Mm-hmm. A, a picture doesn't bring the voice through as much. And that's what's interesting me. You know, there, there are numerous other bloggers that all of us could follow, but we don't for various reasons. And a lot of it is that's not the voice I'm wanting to hear. Nothing against it. It's just not doing it for me. You know, we have different interests or different passion or just the way you're coming about it. It's not the way I do. Whatever. Keep doing what you're doing. We're cool. But, you know, I'm not going to follow you every day. And an Instagram picture does not get me to follow someone every day. I need more. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. So, all right. All of this. I remember just over two years ago. I'm messaging one William Bruce West and the two of us are going, what the heck is this TRN thing that started following all of us out of nowhere? Because I don't know if you've gone through this. There is like one or two random people that all of a sudden will show up and follow everyone. Right. Yeah. And it's supposedly it's like the same guy that then gets banned. And then when the yeah. ban is over, comes back and all. And I, I forget who it is and I'm not giving attention to him anyways. But we've seen stuff before where all of a sudden there's this random thing that follows everyone and then disappears <laughs> a day or two later. And we're just like, what is this? What is this? So Will and I are messaging back and forth and we're getting a few other people in on it. And finally word starts trickling out. Oh, it's going to be a new blogging network. It's going to be like retro stuff. So they're following some of us and all. I'm like, all right, cool. Okay. I know who Jason is. All right. I don't know who this Mickey guy is, <laughs> which I don't know how. Right. I didn't know. And then there's a couple other people. I'm like, okay, I know this person. I don't know this person at all. And then I got a message. <laughs> hey. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> but what, like, because you two, you'd make you have put time into this. You've put your own money into this. You've put in, you know, joys and aggravation into this. Like, what was happening two plus years ago i don't know how far back it goes to say like how did how did you two meet up how did this concept come about what is our secret origin for retro network (laughs) uh i don't know i've only connected with mickey maybe in the last four years um we followed each other on twitter and on you know social media and I think that's where I first started seeing some of his articles. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I think it was when I was doing like the weekly the weekly links or recurrent events on uh, Rediscover the 80s that I added his site to the mix because he would post up stuff and I always linked when he would post something. And then um, we did. I think he reached out to me first uh, over GI Joe and said, let's do a a blog. Uh, not a blogathon, but like a blog sharing thing where uh, you post your five favorite episodes and I'll post my five favorite episodes and we'll add a link at the bottom of our lists to go over to the other person's site. And I think that was our first like collaboration. Uh, Cause I did that too with uh, pop rewind, which I miss uh, those two guys. Uh, well, guy and a girl um, that site was fun a fun follow and we would do a Valentine's day thing where we would come up with like five 
retro looking Valentines that we created ourselves and then linked back over to each other's sites. Um, that was really fun. But anyway, back to Mickey, I, I think that was the first thing. And then when I was podcasting, I did a, one of my rank em shows where we just rank five things and I can't remember which one it was, but I invited Mickey on. It might've been TV shows. I think it was, it's like 87 or 88 TV shows. Um, and he came on and just in passing, I said, I don't know if I think it was on the air. Uh, it was something like it would be fun to get everybody together and not have to it actually might have been off the air, but it'd be fun to get everybody together and not and have more motivation to do what we do for one cause versus us individually having all of the our own blogs and sites and podcasts. And he hit me back maybe, I don't know, a few days later, a week later. We should do this, man. You know, we should uh, we should try to start a network. And I was like, okay. Um, it didn't take me long to to get on board. Like I said, I'm always looking for new stuff <laughs> and <laughs> creatively. And as soon as he was on board with that, I'm like, okay, let's try to do this. And we weren't sure what to do, so we were like, well, let's take some of our old articles from both of our sites that has not gotten a lot of hits, and that'll that'll be the basis to start things. So we'll have some articles to start on the on the retro network now mickey came up with the name he was just digging for domains what's available and the retro network was available so we grabbed that and we'll, we'll do that and then it was a matter of recruiting you know he had his own set of people that some that had contributed to his site and he had known and and me was essentially digging through the league and some people like that that um either we're still going or may not have been going to bring over and uh, just reach out to people. So we, yeah, this, so this was kind of in uh, April, May of 2019. We grabbed the domain. We were filling up the list and it was kind of a thing where, okay, I'll be the podcast person. You be the website person. You Mickey knows a lot more about web design and, all the behind the scenes HTML and all that stuff. I, I know enough to be dangerous. And uh, I was on the hunt for a, a podcast host that could uh, uh, host us for a, a decent price to start where we weren't investing too much of our money at first. And that was Podbean to start. And then uh, we got, you know, we got some momentum there. We got uh, maybe about 10 people. And we've added people over the last two years. I don't know how many people are in the, our main chat there. I want to say it's maybe 30. Some that are have logged in once. Some that, uh, <laughs> you know, are in there posting every day. Um, and, it, and then we got to the point where, okay, we've got more than uh, SQL Quest. Because it was just uh, our show that we created, the TRN podcast and SQL Quest, to start. We Mickey knew Adam. I didn't know Adam really at all when we started the Retro Network, and uh, they were looking to move their Sequel Quest show over. So it was just us and them on a weekly basis, um, and they were mining their old podcast too to to re uh, repost. And then uh, then Wizards came along in the house show. 
and then box office 30. <laughs> um, we had enough shows to do like a full week's worth. And then that's when we, uh, just about a year ago, we, we hopped over to transistor uh, because that platform you can create it's it's all about how many downloads you get a month is what your pay point is you can create 10,000 shows and if they get one hit each <laughs> you're in that 10,000 download price range you know so i'm like this is great so we can get people you know to come in and we'll worry about upgrading when we get to that whatever the threshold is for downloads a month and which we still haven't reached yet uh, from that very first platform. So I was like, yeah, we can create all, we can set up all these people on their own feeds. And this is perfect. This is exactly what we wanted to do when we started versus everybody crammed into one feed, which, which works to an extent because you get exposure to everybody. But it got to the point where I'm like, we need to branch out. We need to get everybody their own feed to, control do what they want and and upload when they want so it doesn't have to i don't have to be the the funnel <laughs> um so that's that's essentially the start and where we are now with the register network obviously mickey has there's some been some life circumstances that that have not he's not been able to control and his time and his job uh, have just been so overwhelming that a lot of this over the last like since like last november december about six months has has come back over on my shoulders so i've had to try to keep that momentum up while he's been trying to take care of stuff on the home front and then his job which is so demanding on hours every week that uh it's gotten to the point where a couple times i've been like i've been burnt out man Uh, something's got to happen and something will happen that'll just change my mindset. Like a new show comes on, like when Wizards came on, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be great. And then the rental return thing, when that came on, I was like, okay, well, this is going to give me something to do. This is something fresh and new. And there's always something that comes along that just, uh, you know, I'll do what I got to do to let people create and, and keep going. So uh, while I'd like to have more of Mickey <laughs> on the back end of things, it's still it's to the point now since we got transistor especially where people can can post and I can react to them what they're doing more than everything has to come through the retro network the back end you know what I mean so it's been a it's been a really fun ride and I'm I'm pretty proud this is probably the the coolest thing I've done since you know being online and having a vision and, and completing it or at least uh, accomplishing it at some point where I, I never really had a goals with a lot of this other stuff that I've been creating over the years. And it just, like I said, it ebbs and flows. It comes and goes when I get motivation to do it. But the retro network, the retro network has really been something to be proud of and be a, be that conduit that we wanted to it to be when we were first just, Oh yeah, we should we should start something like that. <laughs> and uh yeah, I, I don't I don't think we've had to sell it, you know what I mean? When I when I first contacted you, maybe maybe I was overselling, but um that concept of community and being able to create when you want to is I think a, a, the appeal to the people that have jumped on board. 
Well, and I think you've been very careful about it too. Like you already knew who I was, but Mickey didn't. You know, like yeah. you were saying, you didn't know who Adam was, and and that's the thing. The longer this goes on, and the more I see their stuff and go through archives, I'm like, how did I not know about Mickey or Adam? Like, how on earth did I not know about them? That's ridiculous. It's like discovering a band that's been around since the 80s. And you're like, how has this band been here the whole time? That's right. Yeah. And I just exactly. didn't know about them. Drives me insane. But I think because of the type of guys that both of you are, you also, if one of you, if one of you said, hey, I approve this person, that was enough. You know, yeah, like yeah. you, you probably didn't have to sell Mickey on me, and he probably didn't have to sell you on Adam. That's right. Oh, and and it's you're right with feeling like it's mattering. And I've told both of you, you know, outside of podcasts, you guys created the hub that we needed, that the league had beforehand, or even you know, we all listened to Underscoop Fire every week, or we all listened to Nerd Lunch every week, mm-hmm. and it was at least a a home quote. And that's what you guys became even uh, and not that that was your intent to start with, but here we are with it now. So you do have things where we have all this connection now. Like I was just listening to the latest bracket madness and hearing all these people going back and forth, like friendly goofing around, you know, making jokes. all It's fantastic. Yeah. It's it's like a reunion every time you do it. It is. It, It definitely is. That's definitely like I said, that's one of my favorite shows to do, uh, and it's it's amazing how short of a time I've known most of the people on that show, and it's it's just like like you say, it's like a reunion. It's like talking with old friends uh, every time you get you know, seven seven people on the line. Saying, oh, I, I I get jealous when I'm not on it, and I was so happy <laughs> that that Matt agreed to be on an episode. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I was like just just to get in there too. Yeah, and even Mike and now Karen, and it's it's addictive once you get in there. But I'm glad that they're making the jump and not intimidated in any way or fearing they're going to say something wrong or something because it's all it's all in good fun. And you know we yuck it up, and a lot of people will give people crap, you know, uh, during the show. But that's all a part of it, you know. Oh, I mean, deservedly so too. Like Eric and I have never met, and and I, you know, we both like each other's things online, but you know, we're not like day to day, you know, uh, communicators or DMs or anything like that. Uh-huh. But I could absolutely like we're both at the same convention, have a drink with him, and bust each other's balls and have a <laughs> good time, absolutely. and just laugh. You know, like the the personalities are coming through so well here. I, I also, by you guys providing a platform, like, does something like Wizards happen without Retro Network? I don't know. But I do know it's happening because of you guys. And honestly, I think, and it's not, you know, kissing Adam's butt or anything, but I think Wizards is contributing to comic history. Mm-hmm. And people are going to be discovering it and citing it and using it as a resource for years. Yeah. Like they're improving the the genre that they're celebrating here by having their show. Absolutely. And, I mean, we're we're uh, we're history teachers. That's that's the way I look at it. We're mining history. We're providing a part of history that 
doesn't have its own category on Apple Podcasts. You know, I've, yeah. I've, I've struggled with that for years. Where do I put our podcast? Where do I put the Rediscover the 80s podcast? Society and culture? I mean, yeah. It, it's the um, best it, of no options. Entertainment? I mean, I, there's no, like, I mean, there's history. There's a history category, but it, there's, it's so unique. And it is, it is history. I mean, when y'all came on board with the house show, you, I went down that rabbit hole. You didn't hole. want me. No, man. No, I just, <laughs> I fell for, for days down that hole. When y'all came on and started doing the, I, I immediately subscribed to the WWE Network, and I'm watching along with the pay-per-views. I'm watching Nitros. I, I, I went through three years worth of Nitros, four years. I went through uh, about four years of Raws, and following along with you guys each week. I mean, it just hit a spot that I, I knew was there in my past, uh, but just... I don't know. It it just rang such a bell, and I was I was very excited. Wrestling, it was one of those things that I remember as a young kid. I remember in my college years when it blew up again, and then it just faded off. And going back to those sweet spots has been awesome. I mean, it is it's it's history. <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't care what people say. Uh, it's pop history. So yeah, I mean, and Wizards is all just me learning I, i've got no point of reference with any book in the 90s not even the death of superman i i no idea no idea i've never read the story but listening to those guys and uh listening to them talk about certain books that they read and they have uh feelings for uh it's it's just been so much fun just to, to listen and to learn so part of what we do yeah it's 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 for our peers but you know who knows what's the what's to come who knows who listens now that are in their 20s that just want to learn about those like 70s 80s 90s era you know well i mean even you know look at someone we've discovered here like the whole reason for me interviewing karen was she came out of nowhere Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden enjoyed all of us and was sharing stuff and helping and just became like the biggest cheerleader overnight for not just Retro Network, but like everyone <laughs> in this yeah. loose collection here. I thought, who, where did you come from? Who is this person in the hall? <laughs> and I honestly, honestly, got it at first, I'm like, she's like in her early 20s and just loves retro culture for some reason like to come out of nowhere that was my best guess i thought there's no way someone our age was not on our radar and that's stupid for me to say that because as i mentioned like a couple minutes ago and mickey weren't on my radar before (laughs) this so it's it's ignorant to think such a thing but you're right what i feel kind of like your early 50s i'll say is the cap for uh, for people saying, I don't need to get rid of my toys. I don't need to get rid of the things I enjoyed when I was a child. I can still j- enjoy them as an adult. And I think like my parents in their mid to late sixties don't really understand it and can't really, you know, yeah. why do you want a bunch of comics? Why do you want like these toys that I bought you when you were five? Like why? Cause I, 
I do. We don't want to grow up, man. Yeah. We we grew up in the, in the Toys R Us era. We don't want to grow up. We just want our toys. And I, it's, it's trying to think about when I'm retired and what it's going to be like is, I I don't know. Am I going to still have all this crap? Am I going to be just going from my, my stereo to uh, a Nintendo set up on a tube TV in another room to, uh, doing podcasts or being on YouTube. Am I going to be doing that when I'm 60 years old? Cause I, I there's no stopping me right now, man. <laughs> I don't see a point where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to retire. I'm done. And I'm going to pass it off to somebody else. If I pass it off to my kids, they have a whole other, it's it, the retro network. Like Mickey said, a uh, last show or a couple of shows ago is going to look so <laughs> so much different than it is now if if we are able to pass it off to our kids. Oh, God. And it, it's <laughs> like, it boggles my mind. But, yeah, am, am I going to be in some retirement home with uh, playing Super Mario Brothers? Uh, M- Mickey <laughs> Mickey mentioned he was in a, <laughs> recently in a retirement home or a, a nursing home or something. And he, are, are we going to be playing Metallica when people walk in the lobby? You know, or whatever, whatever popular song was back then. Is it going to be just totally different? Uh, it, it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that, if there's going to be an end point. You say early 50s. Uh, I, I don't know. No, not, not that that's an end, but I think that's the oldest that anyone who sees it and thinks the same of, oh, okay. thinks I, I similar to we are. I, I think any older <laughs> than that still views the stuff as disposable as kid stuff as you need to be an adult and like okay just because i enjoy this stuff doesn't mean i'm not an adult and can't do adult things i can pay my bills i can take care of my child i can be a good husband i can watch a very serious academy award winning movie like parasite and then as soon as that's done put on an old episode of gi joe (laughs) (laughs) it's just i think we're victims of the era you know that early 80s when uh, when Reagan let loose of the FCC laws, oh, and I know. I think that has contributed from from that point on to like the mid 90s. I guess maybe to a certain extent past that, but that was the sweet spot when the whole world just opened up and you got so many uh, new things, new cartoons, new toys. You had that stuff earlier than that. I mean, G.I. Joe's been around since the 60s. It was totally different, though. And you, everything crossed over from toys to comics to cartoons to whatever that had never happened before. And whether you watched G.I. Joe on TV or read the comics or, or collected the toys as a kid, you were still you still have some kind of nostalgia for that pro- uh, property, whether you consumed one part of it or all of it. And it was just out there, more available to everybody. And so just having all that stuff as a kid that our parents didn't have, our kids have it now, but they experience it in different ways. Um, it's just that that time frame, you know. And I don't know. It's 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 It was unlike anything else, and it's hard to explain that to people that didn't live through it, I think. Well, and you also look at late 70s properties before Reagan changed those FCC rules, like ROM or uh, 
Shogun Warriors, things that couldn't have cartoons because you can't have everything because you can't market to kids that way. I'm like a couple years later, these could have been huge. Yeah. And you're right. We had this golden age of capitalism that we were able to live through. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. That's going to be my my book title. Golden (laughs) age of capitalism. (laughs) Yeah. We, we had Woolworth and Ames and Hills and like, fully stocked toy aisles because god going down one now is sad oh it's not even a toy aisle anymore it's just pegs and a couple things here and there they there's just no care there's no uh the employees that worked in department stores that were assigned to a specific department actually cared about what they were putting on the shelves and made it nice and neat and appealing and and now it's just who's available to stock the toy aisle you know there's no pride in that there's no uh no history with that i mean it's it's just a job to them it's just a paycheck and i think going back to that time too people cared more about their jobs even if it was as mundane as serving a hamburger you know i don't know it's not even your not lower like uh entry level or you know well you're low in the total pole but not low as a person stuff because that's what's a lot of it gets blamed on like oh they don't care the management doesn't care either because i worked enough retail places anyone who has one of the things your management will yell at you working retail is you can't sell empty space we gotta find stuff to fill the space go into the back bring out more stock bring out this just from the look of the shelves no one's caring about that and if you say, well, it's sold out, then order more. No kidding. And if why, why is it know, sold out? <laughs> yeah. And and if you're like, well, we well the Ninja Turtles are sold out at the warehouse. Okay, then take down the Ninja Turtle pegs and put up double of another toy. Like fill the shelves because right now most of the stores look like they're going out of business. Yeah. And that's no. not just a COVID thing. That's been going on for years. Oh yeah. Know your customers. That's a thing lost nowadays versus the department stores, too. There was probably a more personal interaction, and people knew what certain people wanted and, and cared about the stock, like you said, and to make sure it was they knew what how much they were selling us of a certain thing. Uh, I go in, there's bare hooks on all the G.I. Joe retro stuff, have been for months, and I walk back in and I was surprised to find some of the new ones just this week. What What's going on, man? I mean, yeah. who's ordering this stuff? Because uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's the person that's in charge of the area or throwing the stock. And the the managers are just, I don't know, like you said, I don't, there's no, there's no care. We'll, we'll just stock the groceries, whatever we're selling the most of, and everything else just goes to crap throughout the rest of the store. Right, and, and we're not talking about, because, yes, there there's numerous hot toy lines that sell out immediately. That's one thing. This is just the entire department mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like that. Um, I When I worked for Borders Books, I knew the expertise of everyone in that store and they knew mine as well. So if someone came in and said, I'm looking for this and you didn't know about it, you knew who you could page that did know. That's right. And we all, you know, we all had our expertise for that. And that's a very specialized store. 
but it's not even like I'll go into we have an FYE still up here. Oh, really? Yeah. And the only reason that store is still hanging on is they switched over to more merchandise. Like you can't download a T-shirt, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, that's why they're hanging on. But I'll go in there. I'm like, no one knows anything. No one cares. I could ask a question. No one's going to know. I go to the rock and metal section and there's like five things there. And they go, well, it doesn't sell. I'm like, well, these five aren't going to sell either, dude, because they're the only five you have. And pretty <laughs> no much kidding. everyone already has yeah. them. Like, <laughs> no new release for the last month is here. So who's going to buy them? Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. We're old men. We are, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what would you... What would be your goal? And you kind of already touched on it, but what do you think your goal is for Retro Network moving forward? Just to to increase more podcasts, to just get more people out there, or am am um, I trying to? Uh, am I about to reveal some secrets for <laughs> what we got planned? There's no secrets. Um, you know, we have our our Patreon, and it, it's minimal compared to some people uh, what uh, people su- subscribe to. But it covers it from where we are right now. It covers our costs for the year for our domain and our podcast hosting, everything else, and able to send out some Christmas presents when we do uh, to give a little something back to the people that do contribute. Um, I would love to see it grow to a point where we could actually start paying people to write, even though I don't want that to be a primary motivation. Uh, and that's why the the people that we have that have jumped on, I know, are not motivated by whatever uh, money or hits. It's just they want to they want to write, they want to they want a podcast. But it would still be nice to um, compensate our people in some way for for doing regular content. And again, I'm not I'm not focused on the money or the numbers, but the growth, I would love to see the growth there in uh, the people that are, see the, the value in this and, and just contribute a dollar a month or something. I mean, that, that's, that would be one goal just to, to help uh, the growth of the, the, the network overall. Um, but I think what I said before is the main goal is just to, to get the retro network name out there and allow people uh, a place to come and feel like their their content and their you know whatever they want to do is appreciated and uh, I'll just connect and, and keep that community going keep more people coming to the community um, I'm not it would be nice to have set a goal for oh, I want a hundred people associated with the network or something but I don't want to I don't want to put a number on that because there might be people that used to blog that are, are seriously done. I, I completed my work. I was so sad when Sean <laughs> yeah. uh, did that recently. And I've, I've, Sean was, you know, part of the league. He was probably part of that early uh, uh, crew. Cause he was doing it a, a few years before I was uh, maybe even more that motivated me to start an 80s blog um somebody like uh when uh when tank and and fogs daniel fogarty did uh the title pending podcast uh 
um, I mean, they're part of that too. That invited me on a, a couple times when Tank was out uh, to get me podcasting. But I, you know, Fogs has pretty much completed his blog and he's done. And it would be awesome for them to join up, but I'm not going to necessarily pursue that. I, I think I think people that know about the network know there's an kind of an open invitation to old creators. I'm not old creators, but People who used to blog or, or podcast, maybe they got a, a podcast out there somewhere that they haven't they haven't uh, posted a new episode in three or four years, and they were reviewing 80s movies or something. You know, those are the people that I hope there's a somewhat of an open invitation to, to seek us out and contact us and and see if they want to start it up again or something. But I think there are some people that are just like, okay, here is my body of work, and it's it's out there for people to to find if you haven't before if you remember something remember something i did like sean those all those awesome posts on uh the the kid's bedroom and all the toys and everything that he would go through and decipher those are some great articles those will come to mind every once in a while i'm like i need to go out and and read some of those again that's fine you know i'm i'm glad that they come they have come to a point like that and don't have to kind of leave us hanging. Is he ever going to blog again? Is he ever going to podcast again? Um, I'm happy for him that he uh, did essentially put a, a marker there, an, an end post. <laughs> but uh, on the same token, I want, you know, there's there would be an open invitation for him if someday he was like, well, do I want to start blogging again? Is this blog done? Maybe I need to, I want to write and come over to the Retro Network. And I'm using Sean as an example here. I haven't talked to Sean really at all about it. I did reach out to him at the at the first part of uh, starting the network, but um, that's what that's a, that's a goal just to for people to find us, people to know that um, we're available to contact if you want to do some stuff for us, and 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 then find some way to compensate people for doing that. Um, those are, I think, three of the goals, if you want to call them goals, of uh, the retro network moving forward. But I, I'm I'm happy where we're at too. I'm almost content with the with the support that we have and the creators that we have. Then I'm not worried about trying to recruit new people, which I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because we I always want to be open and, and available and and have new people uh, join us. Like we've got a new podcast coming up uh, very soon that uh, it's been going through the Brady Bunch episode by episode that reached out to us. And I was like, oh, this is great. So I, I don't want to be too content either. You know, it, it, there's a fine line there, especially when we all got full time jobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's the the biggest challenge is balancing are what we've created online with the family time and, and stuff going on at home and the job. I've been lucky to have a job uh, that hasn't gone on to me about as much time as I spend <laughs> online uh, doing other stuff than my job. Um, I, I've, I've had a job like that for several years. Uh, not the, my current one, the previous one like that too. They got on me a couple times, but never, I was never threatened to be fired or anything. So it's allowed me to, to go outside of that balance 
and I've got like a whole extra, you know, uh, uh, time continuum that I'm I'm out there doing my job and uh, the retro network at the same time. But that's the biggest challenge is just to uh, to balance all that because I don't I as much as I love and as much as I want to create and share and and be in the past, I've got to make sure I'm paying attention to the present too. I've got a son that just started driving. He'll be in the house a couple more years and then he's out. I got a, a one that's a year and a half behind him. Uh, I, I want to make sure that I'm spending enough time with them and, and, uh, and not focused so much on what I'm doing online that I'm neglecting them either. So that's the biggest challenge for me. And, to this point, I think I've handled it kind of well. <laughs> they're not, uh, you know, they're not running away. They're not out at night. I don't know where they are or something. You know, at this point, they're they still want to be at home. So, uh, I don't know. I guess that's uh, an accomplishment. <laughs> no, and I, I agree with you. If I can't produce something that day, it's because life's other commitments took up the day. You know, it's certainly not being lazy for any of us, I don't yeah. think. It's, I had to work, you know, I, I got to do that. And then I came home and there were 500 things to do at home and, and people to give my attention and love to and all. And by the time I had a couple of free minutes, I was falling asleep. <laughs> so it just didn't happen today. Yeah. Um. I also, like, you're talking about all the stuff going on for retro network and and bloggers and podcasters that don't do it anymore and this this might be talking out of turn or out of school i always wondered about pulling a vince mcmahon wwe network and buying big air quotes there buying accumulating other people's content that's already there like hey why are you paying the money for hosting this stuff that you're not touching anymore we could just absorb it into ours do it as all new stuff and you get this brand new set of listeners and readers for stuff you already have out there and then you're not paying to host it anymore we could just Mm -hmm. put it on our stuff i don't know if anyone would care (laughs) but you know just like and i I don't mean if anyone care. People would care to listen and read it. I don't know if anyone um, that has a site that's just sitting there, you know, with cobwebs on it. If it's already sitting there with cobwebs, then would they really want to move it somewhere else anyways, you know? Yeah. But I I would hate to see someone's blog disappear and there's no record of all the work they put into it just because they thought no one had an interest, you know? And I think we've reached out. I don't remember personally... Uh, other than other than podcasts that are somebody's hosting, paying to host each year, and they're uh, essentially just out there for somebody to find, and there's no new episodes. I have asked people about, hey, do you want to move your feed over? Uh, and I think Mickey's reached out to some people about blogs too. Do you want to move some of your articles over? Um, and I think most people are are. I don't know. I think they're hesitant in some way. I mean, even Mickey and myself, we still have Rediscover the 80s. We still have retro ramblings out there. Um, And I'll be honest, Rediscover the 80s is kind of feeding my my passion for the retro network because I'm not doing all the new – well, all. uh, Most of the newer articles on Rediscover the 80s are just sponsored content. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I, I it's 
it's the point now where Google is paying me for Rediscover the 80s through like AdSense. And then other people over the years, just the amount of hits that I've gotten want to get a link on the site. And I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be obvious. I, I, there's sometimes I struggle and I feel like I've sold out almost sold out my website. But at the same time, I'm like, well, this money I can use to do the most good over here at the retro network. And I'll, you know, I'll just throw something up there. And and Tim's the exception to that. Tim, who his old school 80s blog got essentially blown up. He was able to save a lot of his articles, his interviews and stuff. And he's been posting those on Rediscover the 80s for several years now, a couple times a month, which has been great. Uh, that gives new content over there that's, well, quote unquote, new content <laughs> interviews from about a decade ago. But at the same time, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I need to keep that up there and, and going just to feed other things that I'm doing. And I, I don't want to necessarily move all my articles over to the retro network because of that. So it may, you know, maybe some of these old blogs and stuff that still have running AdSense and maybe there's still some income there that the people are getting, and they want to keep them there. That's fine. Um, but the, the podcast mainly, I think if you're paying, you know, 120 bucks a, a year to just keep something active that is not act, currently active is, it makes more sense to, to move that over, um, and, maybe find a new audience or uh, get that, use that money for something else essentially. Cause we're paying one price for, you know, all these shows, which is, it just blows my mind. Once I found transistor, I was like, this is great, man. So yeah, it's, it, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's, I struggle with a lot of stuff like that over the years. Uh, do I keep this up? Do I move this stuff? Do I, you know, what do I do? And it's, I think everybody has a different answer to that. So it's not as easy as just, yeah, here, take it. No, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. And I think something I've noticed the more bloggers and podcasters I talk to like this is we all have that self-doubt for things. And I think we all feel alone for it too. There are certain, you know, creators in our community that I flat out think are just better than me and there's no way i'll be as good writing or interviewing or whatever as they are and to hear them have the same thoughts and the same doubts and the same you know uh lack of belief in themselves it helps me a little mm-hmm. because here, here i think they got all their stuff together <laughs> and i can look up to them and really they're like dude i'm a mess too <laughs> <laughs> well listen i I'll I'll give you uh, some kudos here because podcasts for me have have always been about more or less the content. You know, I want to listen to a podcast based on what they're talking about. Uh, if they're going through a, if they're reviewing movies or whatever. But just you starting this series has really reminded me or or shed light on how much fun it's still it it is to listen to people just tell their story. And 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 their experiences over the years in the same time period that I grew up or I have experienced and how like and how dissimilar some things are. 
and just the one-on-one interview format. I, I've never really been a fan. Uh, I, I can't stand watching uh, late night shows anymore. You know, it, it's that, I don't know. It just seems uninteresting to me. And then I realized, well, if it's my peers and they're talking about stuff that I experienced, I care about now and that I am nostalgic for, it makes a world of difference for that format. It's not just the format. It's not just about, oh, I remember that movie. Let me download this podcast. It's I, I like the what you're doing with the hot tag. Well, I'll make a point after, but as a fan, then you do know you were allowed to ask me anything as well. <laughs> you don't have well, to, but you are allowed to ask me anything for myself, for the writing, for site, for the podcast, for wherever your mind takes you. <laughs> um, hmm. I really didn't think about it to start, but uh, how old are you? Uh, why? Because we just had the birthday episode? Yeah. <laughs> 43. Okay. I was born in 78. Okay. So you're just, uh, you're uh, same age as Mickey then, just a couple years younger than me. Yeah, I, I, was... I don't know why that matters, but it's, I like to know how old people are based on, their experiences with certain things, you know, did you experience GI Joe when you were five? Did you experience GI Joe when you were 12? There's a yeah. big difference there, but that's the only reason why I ask questions like that to people sometimes is it's, it's interesting when you're doing a, if you're doing a whole podcast on a topic where you were when you first experienced that, I think matters, you know, Oh, you're absolutely right. My my general rule of thumb for stuff like that, talking to you know all of us as adults, is if we could have been in high school at the same time, not the same grade, but at the same time, we're probably close to our opinions and thoughts of these things and our experiences with them. Mm-hmm. But if we're a little further back, then maybe not. Like Treats is younger than Educator and I. Um, mm-hmm. four, four or five years younger maybe more um you know maybe it's even six so he does have different experiences than we did for things so there's some stuff we'll bring up and he's like i was too young i i don't recall that like i will guarantee he didn't grow up watching gi joe right you know and doesn't have the same memory of it and all taste in music is a big one mm-hmm. you know that if someone's younger or older than you it completely changes um but then there, there's stuff I'll ask that's even like, where did you grow up? Two, we could be the same age, and I'm you have it now, but I know you live in an area where you don't, like, Hills and Ames is a touchstone that not everyone has. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, and that's where uh, I got a little bit of confirmation recently when I posted all those newspaper ads of Hills. In the comments, um, one of our frequent commenters, and his name ex- escapes me right now, said, I've never had a Hills, but I understand where you're going with this, essentially. And that's that's fun, too, to be able to, to throw content up there that you're really nostalgic for, and somebody still gets it in some form or fashion. 
and there's a little bit there that okay i remember uh having local uh, color page contests at a store or something in my area it might not have been hills but it's you know it will relate in some way yeah because i hills it wasn't that there was something specific exactly but uh, snack bar Snack bar. True, true. Well, I'm saying, like, wherever you are in the country, there's a good chance you had that chain that had the best Christmas toy selection out of everywhere that maybe had a snack bar, too, that had a certain smell to it, that had a certain style to it. Like, you, Hills may have not been your one, but you can understand you had that iconic department store when you were a kid that you wish you could go back to. Yeah. I think that's a, a universal one. Um, and for what you're saying for enjoying the one-on-one, and I'm thrilled that you do, I do plan, and, and we've talked a little bit, um, you know, in DMs and stuff, I do plan on having Mickey as a guest for this eventually. I don't know if you know this, Jason, he's a hard guy to get hold of these days. Some, yes. So, almost like he's I, busy I, with life or something. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, and his, his schedule is out of whack from the rest of the country, it seems like, too. <laughs> Because when we're available, he's usually not available. And when he's available, he's got a few hours to eat, spend with the kids, and sleep. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's it is rough. Um, I I know he definitely wants to get on and, and do the show, and hopefully we'll find the time eventually. But. Yeah. And and I do have certain people I'm connected to through blogging, podcasting, and all that I plan on having as guests on this eventually as well. I don't want to reach out to too many people all at once because I did do that when it started. And all of a sudden I had like, okay, now I got a bunch of people to schedule here. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, give a little breathing room in between them. But chances are, if you've heard me talk about certain people on shows, I I have plans on reaching out to them. (laughs) Yeah. As I'll say that. All right, Jason, I'm going to let you go free for your day. But for anyone who doesn't know, despite us talking about them, you have to do your plug segment. Okay. Well, I'll do everything outside of the Retro Network, because I'll just assume if you're here, you know about <laughs> TRN Social and all of those fun places, the RetroNetwork.com. So my personal site is RediscoverThe80s.com, 80S. I am on Twitter. I've got way too many Twitter accounts. At RD80s is uh, my main one outside of the retro network that I monitor, we'll say. <laughs> uh, and I did mention agentsofmass.com. I'll plug that too. Um, I'm not over there as often just because, like we talked about at the top of the show, why it is so busy. We haven't had a chance. We're so close to reviewing the entire series. I think we've got like 10 episodes or uh, maybe about 13 episodes left to review the entire Masks series. On a podcast we started uh, in 2012, I think. <laughs> um, Masscast. You can check me out there. And I've got the Rediscover the 80s podcast, too, that every once in a while when why it's available, we jump on and do an episode. Um, I've been waiting and waiting, waiting for him to become available because we are supposed to review the Chuck Norris Karate Commandos cartoon series. Ooh. <laughs> Which Is I had never on? watched before. It was on Tubi. It, sh- it w- still should be. Um, All right. I got to look. It's only five episodes. Um, but anyway, that's uh, 
that's where you can find me outside of the retro network. But uh, again, everything that I do is kind of pointed towards the retro network now. So if if you're gonna follow me, follow TRN Social. <laughs> and if you want to follow me online at all, uh, I am across the internet at Masked Library. MaskedLibrary.com is my home blog. You can search Kevin Decent for any articles on the Retro Network that I may have written. And the aforementioned wrestling podcast is on all social social media at TRN House Show. So thank you so much, Jason, for doing this. Um, I learned a lot for how you Retro Network got started and your own stuff and all. And I thought I knew a lot of this already as well. So I'm thrilled we got this opportunity to talk. Um, And honestly, we haven't talked one-on-one like this in a while since I did a a fill-in on the show. That's right. It was long overdue, too. Yeah. Yeah, We need to to stay more in touch. And uh, I keep – I think I threw an idea out to you about doing some kind of uh, shared – zoom stuff on our thrift store halls or something that would be fun at some point i could do uh, that and do it throw it up uh youtube split screen like wizards has for some of their yeah, stuff there yeah yeah and then just do some thrift store reveals because i get stuff from the thrift store i'm so excited to post it you know in the vip lounge and on instagram and stuff like that i think it would be more fun to do it video wise and show it off and we can really talk about it you know I'm absolutely down for that. Give me an excuse to do a trip too. <laughs> so we'll I put that to. on the we'll put that on work. the to do list. Yeah, it's for work. Yeah. <laughs> I am absolutely down for that idea. All right, thank you all of you for listening to it, and go ahead check out the Retro Network. Like Jason and I have been saying, there's new stuff daily to listen to, and tons of new articles all the time. And I will you'll hear my voice again this Thursday on the house show and who knows who I'll be talking to next week on Hot Tag. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.